0: Left. Right. Hey, if you're uh, if you're watching this podcast or you're listening to my voice, I want to say thank you very much. I'm super appreciative, and I would love it if you would like this podcast, if you would subscribe and share it. I really, really would be in debt to you. Thank you very much. Uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Let me know what you think about the goats. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. This <laughs> Cheers. 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 We're live. This is Sip Talk episode 23. James, what do you have to drink over there?
1: I am drinking a bourbon and seltzer.
0: Bourbon and seltzer. I got served up by uh, Virtue Cider Rosé. Not too bad. And, uh, Andres... What do you got over there? Uh, Bourbon on the rocks. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on in the live stream yet, but it is definitely definitely not working on my end. So, James, I wanted to introduce you to Revel Bikes. Rebel I haven't bikes, heard of it. Revel Bikes is a bike sharing service, and it's for uh, motorized bikes. Okay. So, um, basically, you download an app. You can hop on one of these bikes. I don't know if they check your license. I don't know the exact setup or the legality of it, but you can pretty much grab these bikes all over the city, just like city bikes. And, uh, are know-
1: they e-bikes? Well,
0: no. They're actual – they look like scooters.
1: Okay. But are they, like, electric?
0: Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're electric, but not like a bicycle elect- electrified, like a small moped type of device. And uh, they're all over the city. They just really took off. You know, one week, a couple months ago, I saw one or two here and there. And now all of a sudden, I'm seeing them everywhere, which is wild. Um, But that means that you have the general population where I'm guessing non motorcycle owners, and probably not really big time uh, bicyclists, because that's not exactly a popular thing. And all these people are jumping on these motorized devices. So, you know, uh, I'm sure you can imagine what, what's what's entailed with jumping on a motorized device in a city like New York.
1: How big of a safety issue is it? Well, have you ever uh,
0: driven a motorcycle around Manhattan? No. So there you go. You have, you have all these people driving around a city, no idea what they're doing, no idea about traffic laws. A lot of people don't know the exact laws of traffic. They don't know the general speed limit in New York City. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of people don't know you can't take a right on red in the New York City area. Did you
1: know that? No. I, I just assumed, I, I thought that New York City was kind of like Mad Max rules as it was.
0: Yeah. I mean, pretty much you get away with a lot more in New York City because there's a lot more to observe from the police officer's perspective. So we can get a lot, we can get away with a lot more. But, but point is you take all these mopeds, you throw them on a the street and the barrier of entry into driving a moped is now downloading an app. And it's super cheap. I think it's like. How much for a ride? I think it's like 25 cents a minute or something. Uh, you know, I, I have to. Uh, have to check it out. But I know it's I know it's cheaper. they say saying 25 cents per minute and a dollar to start. So, you know, my cab ride to work costs roughly 14 bucks a day. Um. So I could just run outside, grab a Rebel, head down to the office for, uh, you know, it takes me nine minutes to get here. So for less than five bucks, door to door.
1: Yeah. So I don't have to worry about parking. And and it sounds like it would be fun.
2: It is fun. It is fun up until you actually hit a car (laughs) or up until you take it to a, a place where you should not be taking it. Uh, and start vandalizing the Muppets, the Rebels. And uh, now that's the reason why uh, Rebel took it off the market. It's because there's a lot of lawsuits against Rebel, Because there's happening? people that you know, they have a driver license because that's basically one of the conditions for you to drive it. You have to have a driver license. But it doesn't matter if it is suspended or not. You just need to have one driver license, that's all. So. Uh, there's people that, you know, have their driver license, but it's suspended or it's not active. And you just have to call them and be like, listen, my driver license is not suspended. It's just that I haven't gotten my new one or I haven't, you know, done the paperwork, but uh, I'm good to drive. And they'll literally tell you, okay, you can drive. Uh, I'll send you the code, put that code in and you can take
1: them over. Uh, okay, so where's the lawsuit? So the lawsuit
2: come from, comes from uh, other cars that got, you know, in accidents with this, uh, here's
0: the issue. Here's the issue: is is you have no driving experience, and now you're driving one of the busiest cities in the world, foot traffic wise and fe- vehicular traffic. So you have no experience, and now you're driving a place that most people are terrified to drive a car. In. A car, you have four doors, you have airbags, you got a seatbelt. On these things, you're a glorified bicycle with crazy acceleration, and you don't get tired from pedaling. So you have all these people driving who shouldn't be on the road in the first place, were fearless because they don't understand that you don't have the safety that you have of a four-door vehicle. And they're zooming up and down the street and they're not wearing helmets and they're carrying other people and they're carrying things. So a lot like a third world country where you typically have a lot more injuries, you know, when it comes to, to driving moped and things like that. Andreas is smiling, but, but that's what is What uh, has New
1: York City's response been? What so have they have they had any legislation it, on it? Typical response you have
0: a you have a new program and a lot of people get pissed off. So people were pissed off because the delivery guys were driving electric electrically charged bicycles like e-bikes. And that was a really big thing because people said they couldn't hear them coming and they were going a little faster than normal. But, you know, I just said, well like, you know, yeah, I guess I like to look both ways, like a normal person would do before they cross the street. So, like, I have that going for me. But if people are just pissed off, I think the delivery guys weren't pedaling. which I don't know why you'd be that pissed off.
1: If you look Yeah, both- but you'd assume if you're working in the delivery industry, like, you've got a pretty good knowledge of traffic in the city or whatever. That's very different than a tourist getting on a bike for the first time in New York City, not even knowing the city
0: but people but the general public was pissed off about the e-bike situation with the delivery drivers and i actually think it might still be illegal i don't know the legality of it but i just can't picture an NYPD officer sprinting to chase down a delivery guy um but yeah people you know came out and people were upset so we you know we had the same thing going on with these rebels but just like city bike now you have a lot more people driving bicycles to and from work which i think is an overall great thing if the caution level from the greater public increases but if the greater public wants to say hey you know there's 60% more bicycles on the road I want to continue across the street without looking both ways and they hit me I have the right to be upset I don't I don't necessarily agree with that."
1: well this sounds like a problem that will just kind of sort itself out over time then let people get used to the product for a little bit and at the same time, people are going to get hurt, and the best way to avoid getting hurt is either be careful if you're on foot, or don't use the things if you don't know what you're doing. Sure, but now they have
0: pulled. Now they've pulled them from the uh, from the market. So they, I think, they suspended it in New York City starting today
2: okay yeah they did suspend it starting today and the reason one of the reasons as well just not just because of the amount of lawsuits that Rebel got uh but it's also the uh the missing pieces of these uh mopeds that are you know disappearing like if you take them on uh, washington hikes for example uh, there's a bunch of them right they're like two or three in every corner and you see them and they're like scratched or one of the wheels is missing or you know uh the up coast of taking care of one of these mopeds is expensive as well so if this was a run of Cali for example that would be a completely different thing because you actually need a moped to mobilize yourself from one point to from point a to point b but in New York you have good uh public transportation and all of these things and keep up the uh cost of uh having one
1: of these mopeds is just imp- yeah but, not- but if it's a private company who cares like they're, they're the one who bear, who's bearing the cost of repairing or replacing these things and if they're not pricing those accordingly or they're not coming up with a way to keep keep track of their assets then they're gonna lose money and that, that's really a public like, problem so that's just how they run their company no i know
2: but that want, that's one of the reasons why they're taking taking it off the market because it's expensive I mean, there, was, there was a second death today
0: and then they suspended it so it's believed that the suspension was caused by it. and that would make that would make sense to me but there's just some crazy you know that I, I think it's a brilliant business idea and i think the city should be embracing it but i think the, sh- the city should be dealing with the implications of this new technology, and I have a really good feeling that Revel may get shut down, another company may come with the same idea right behind them, and probably charge a little bit more because I think 25 cents a minute is pretty cheap. But another company comes right behind them, works out the kinks, and, and lays it out, and now we have a new branded cyclist on the street, we don't have as much to worry about, and this one's going full force because they saw the errors in the predecessor. I think there's a really good chance that, that that's going to happen. And I think, you know, in a city like New York, little electric mopeds is probably a, a net positive. I don't think there's any way you can look at it outside of deaths, obviously, but people die from car deaths. People die in taxis. People die, die they get run over by buses. So I think I think we're going to have a net positive if, if this goes well. But people being upset, I mean, people die on bicycles. Are they going to make bicycles illegal?
1: I think people are a little bit less risk-prone on bikes because people know how unsafe bikes can be, especially if they're not experienced on a bike because you can only go so fast and you you feel a little less protected.
0: How would you not have that careful quotient, the same careful quotient or care quote, whatever you want to call it, when you get on a motorized vehicle? If you're this afraid, think because of the, bicycle, the motorized
1: vehicle does the work for you, so you feel yeah, safer because you've got powerful underneath something. you. I don't know.
0: Eh, a bicycle is something that you know, everybody has, and now you get get on this other device, and you're in the middle of the street. And you know, I mean, it's an electric vehicle, so you don't have. I haven't ridden it, yet, but I know you don't have the same acceleration you do as you as you would in a motorcycle.
1: Yeah, but it's certainly faster than a bike.
0: True, true. It's faster than a bike, and you don't have to pedal, so you have that going for you. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I just wanted to bring that up, you know, because it's it's for it to be suspended because of a second death, you know. I, I like you watch people driving around on these things, and I, I counted nine of them go by in a minute the other night when I when I went out uh, on Friday. I just happened to mention it, and I look on the street, and nine of them was by within a minute. A lot of them had more than one person. And I would say maybe there were three helmets between between all nine bikes. So that's a stupid stupidity issue and a
1: lack of regulation. How Well, how long has it been in the bar?
0: I don't know. I'm thinking three or four months.
1: But that's only because that's
0: how
2: long I've been seeing them. So maybe
0: they were more popular in the outer world. No, borough.
2: they started on Brooklyn. They, they began on Brooklyn. Uh, this year in New York, in Brooklyn. But they started in uh, Cali, in uh I think uh, L.A., and they started probably four years ago, four or five years ago, if incorrectly. And then they, they came here to New York, and they were, began like around, at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, and they had a good, good, good uh Brooklyn, and then moved to New York City, and what's a completely different story? Because in Brooklyn, you have more space. People are, like, you know, more conscious about the environment, you can say. Uh, and they don't drive as much as, like, the city itself. Uh, so they, it makes more sense for you to grab a moped from, I don't know, Williamsburg to uh, Greenpoint.
0: Sure, but it it the big issue, north. yeah, it makes more sense. It's better for the environment. And it's a moped. It's electric. It makes more sense any way you look at it. But people aren't following the laws, and is that a rebel problem or is that a city problem? That's the problem. You know, the biggest issue is people running red lights, and people uh, not wearing helmets, people riding on the sidewalks, you know, not following other other traffic devices. That's what's going on. And how do you, you know, how do you? Public policy is there, the law is there, but what do you change? James, do you remember the bikes they had in uh, in South Carolina?
1: You mean, well, they they have a downtown. They have a small bike rental service that that's still in operation right now.
0: So I I maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I thought around the time that City Bike came to New York City, that which is basically it's a subscription bike service. I've never used it because I've always had a bike, but you, you download an app and you click it or you pay, you swipe a card and it unlocks a random bike and you can bike to another location. There's another bike locker. And for every minute or every 10 minutes that you have the bikes out, you're getting charged to your, to your bank account.
1: And you have- Yeah, there's, there's something similar to that. It's called Holy Folks in Charleston.
0: But I remember back a, a while ago, that somebody just bought a whole bunch of free bikes or they provided a whole bunch of free bikes to the city of Charleston and they just disappeared. Basically like within a week, they were almost all gone. Do you remember hearing something about this?
1: No, uh, this would have had to have been a long time ago. I, as far as I know the Holy spokes program, all the bikes have GPS trackers on them. So it'd be a lot harder to, to steal the bike.
2: Well, I mean, and again, that's how you make business. For example, you can have a GPS and whatever, and just whatever, but if you have your credit card in it, your debit card, something that you know that if you don't put it back in, you will get in charge by the minute.
1: Right. That's probably how the the program yeah. in Charleston works. I, I've never needed to use it because anytime that I've wanted to bike around downtown, I, I have my own bike. So I'll just.
2: I it. use the city bike uh, on like a weekly basis, uh, and I'd rather buy the. Uh, the three-day pass with $24. You can use it for 30 minutes, park it, and then use another one for another 30 minutes, and you go from point A to point B to point C, and then until you get to your destination. The only problem with that is that if you go like one minute after the 30 minutes, they will charge you $4 extra. Wow, I didn't know that one minute. Yeah, so they literally tell you after those 30 minutes, if you want to keep using the service on the same bike we will charge you for 450 or for something uh, for the next 15 minutes so if you got 31 minutes might as well go to 44 minutes because they're going to charge you the the exact same amount uh four dollars and something something else
1: jesus yeah Yeah. you gotta well to your point about the question of is this a problem for rebel or the city and the answer is it's both because the city And from the city's perspective, these are kind of violations that aren't really worth their time to pursue when they've got lots of other bigger things going on. But if the city were to to step up enforcement of some basic traffic laws, then you could you'd probably start to see this problem go away a little bit if people see without helmets or people running reds on these rebel bikes getting pulled over and actually getting ticketed. But at the same time, it's also a rebel because they bear responsibility for probably giving. Putting a product out there that people aren't entirely ready to use yet. That that there needs to be probably greater stringency on the requirements to get a license, to to get authorization from the company to rent a bike.
2: It's also the year as well. We had a a rough, rough year. We had quarantine. We had uh, the the Black Lives Matter movement as well. And people... Nearly went and destroyed bikes. They destroyed a couple of TV bikes. They went and destroyed a couple of mopeds, rebels. Uh, and yeah, I mean, all of those things keep adding up, adding up. The, the fact that we we're still on a lockdown uh, makes it even worse for these kind of people that just want to go out there and just destroy things left and right. Because I've seen, I've been in Washington Heights and I've seen people just literally going crazy on the, uh, on these little uh, rebels. But, uh, you know, and isn't the police is not there to do it? The problem is that they, they they don't want to be part of this this problem as well because they already have a lot of things going on on themselves. Right. They just took one billion dollars away from the police department, and they don't want to be associated with. Okay, we're it's part of our job, but if we do it, we're gonna look like the bad guys. We're we're gonna look like the guys that are not letting you have fun in New York while you're on lockdown. You know, and because I've seen, I've seen a lot of people just literally going on red lights, left and right, and the cops are right there, but they just go like, what What can we do? We just do anything, because if we do, it, and then they're just gonna start recording us, and then I'm gonna look like the guy in the situation, when, when, I, when all I do is just enforce the law, you
0: know? Well, I mean, police, are not, police are not making a lot of moves lately. You can tell by the number of homeless people that are out right now in, in this city, and it's it's really but how much sad. is
1: that police, and how much is that is just the long longer term effects of COVID and people losing money and jobs and housing.
0: Well, so. I don't think that the uptick in homeless population on the street and the drug user population on the street has anything to do with job loss. Not yet. You know, I heard somewhere earlier in the week somebody talking about being being broke. And, you know, James, if you, if you lost your savings and if you lost your job, how many nights would you be sleeping on the street?
1: Well, do I still have my car?
0: For a little while, and then, and then you lose it. So now you don't have a car. Everything, your house burns down and your keys were in there and you're locked out of your car. Now what?
1: Well, uh, at some point, I think I would end up, uh, I, uh, well, first thing I would do is I'd reach out to any of the people that I know. Okay.
0: So, first off, if you lose your job and your home, I'm pouring a little drink here. We're going
1: to call it in a groan. Is that New Amsterdam gin or vodka? That's
0: uh, the gin. the gin, and uh, we got uh, a New Amsterdam water. gin? Yeah.
1: And Isn't sweet vermouth.
0: Yeah. And uh, the Campari. That other drink was nice, but uh, I don't know, I've just been digging these lately. You know
1: what that is, right? Well, right. I said it already. What Campari? Uh, you, you've got two Amaro flavors in there between yeah. the sweet vermouth and the Campari. Not really my thing. I've never been a huge Amaro fan.
0: So uh, what I'm saying is you would hit up your friends and family. Now, I had to, yeah. Say you're in a foreign country and you're in the same situation. Because that's about as wild as it would get. Say you're in in Japan and you don't know anybody and you lose your home, you lose all your money. How many nights are you going to be sleeping on the street?
1: Uh, it's going to happen pretty quickly
0: how many nights are you going to be sleeping on the street
1: and building a camp and
0: building a house
1: i don't know i don't see what Let's, the alternatives are okay. here well, we can assume
0: we can assume most of these guys speak speak english that are that are homeless and and drug using population the point that i'm making though is i keep upping the ante and you keep coming up with solutions
1: I, well, when you said I'm in a foreign country with money, no savings, no job and no place to sleep, then I'm just like, all right, street it is.
0: Exactly. And and then you gave up because you said, but you also kind of forfeited me up in the ante. But what's happening is that I'm putting you in a scenario that you're still trying to win. So at a certain point you're giving up.
1: And what I'm saying yeah. is that people have. When you took up. away all other options
0: but there's still options like homeless shelters and different programs that people can get if they're looking and you were looking in this conversation because I was asking you to look for an answer the people are on the street because they want to and most of it is drug use and yeah sure there's a small population that is you know is willing to be upwardly mobile and who's going to keep an eye out for different opportunities but a lot of the people on the street are using heroin. They're using other heart drugs and probably street drugs that I'm not at all familiar with. And that's that's why these people are on the street. And it's not because they lost their job in March or April because of coronavirus. And beforehand, they were upstanding people in society. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, no. That's but what's going
1: on. I, I would say that there might have been people the teetering on the edge that might have had just enough going them before Corona pulled the rug out from underneath. And it didn't take much of a push.
0: I'm sure. And I, you know, I, I, I understand that, but I, I don't, I'm not seeing that I'm seeing people just doing drugs in the middle of the street, setting up camp. Uh, I mean, it's bad. This the block that we are on is really bad because it's a somewhat secluded block. And there's a massive amount of scaffolding in the middle of the block, even though there's a police station, a you know half block away. But it's yeah. But
1: if you're a police officer, is that what you want to be doing with your day?
0: Exactly, and that's what we're saying is police are turning blind eye to a lot of stuff that's going on. You have this rebel use, which it's really difficult to chase down bicycles and motorcycles and electric mopeds, obviously um but but this is just uh it's bad and i think there's
2: a lot of police apathy right now and then again they just got defund
1: uh one billion dollars if i'm not correctly
2: in new york city they literally took one million has
1: them. that actually happened or is that just proposed
2: no it happened already it happened in uh i think it was in march from the
1: yeah, Not the months. George Floyd protests were in the end of May, so there's no way that they would have defunded the police two months ahead. May,
2: may, 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 yeah, you're right. May, no, may, it's may, conspiracy, it's
0: conspiracy. <laughs> they must have.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was already defunded. Yeah. So it, um, it was on the New York Times. That cannot be a lie.
1: Well, and the whole policing thing is a really complicated topic because there, there's kind of good and bad faith arguments on both sides?
0: Sure. But the defunding thing, I think just like, you know, just like the, the, I've been following the hashtag cancel rent. So like cancel rent is a terrible policy, whereas a rent voucher program or a work with your landlord type program or something along those lines is much better. But the the cancel rent, just the blind, the blindly canceling rent is just terrible policy. And I believe the uh, the defund the police, just blanket defund the police, and then see what you're going to do.
1: I mean, well, you, here's the thing. Have you is, it's terrible. To...
0: You've been in a classroom with teachers out there?
1: Okay. So I think that the people behind defund the police, there's not a single person with a marketing degree among them because. The phrase defund the police is terrible because it just makes we it makes anyone who hears that phrase think we're just going to take money away from the police. Mm-hmm. Well, what are we going to do with it? Well, we're just not going to give it to the but, police. But the but the but idea,
0: but hold on. Though, some people are really happy to hear that. So just bear in mind, there's two sides to that. Take Just take money away from the police sounds like a terrible idea to some people.
1: Right. But what I'm the, sure there are some people that just think we should just take money away from the police regardless. And I, I'm not even going to answer those arguments because I think that they're, they're, they're so stupid that they don't bear even a response. But no, no, no. I think that instead of defund the police, if you were to say, reassess the police mission, because you can talk to a number of police officers that are called into situations that are not really police matters, where you have people that are having mental health or other kind of social welfare crises And the first call is to the police because who else are you going to call? So the idea is instead of putting this money towards people whose job it is to enforce the law, arrest criminals and stuff like that, they don't have a training in terms of how to deal with people that are going through a drug overdose or something. So take that billion dollars and don't say we're just taking this away from the police, bad job. It's say we've been asking the police to do things that are outside of their mission. And we're going to give the police a more focused purpose so that you can – you're a police officer, here's what you're trained to do, and that's what you're going to go ahead and do. And this extra money that we were paying you all to try and solve issues that were kind of outside your mission statement, we're going to put that money towards social welfare programs. And so when someone calls the police because of a domestic dispute or – a drug overdose or something or a mental health breakdown where someone's having a psychotic event. Yeah. Maybe fl- the police aren't the best person to come and be the first person there. Well, maybe it would be better to have a social worker or a psychologist or, a or some, someone that's trained in those kind of field dynamics to help sort out the situation that doesn't involve someone with a gun showing up.
0: I agree with you completely, but who calls the police? Most people call 911. And it's the 911 operator who's sending health, fire, police.
1: That person. So what operate. tools do the 911 operators have in, 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 available to them? It's either it's an ambulance, or you're taking someone to the hospital, which might not necessarily be the best idea, or it's a policeman or a fireman. But the firemen only deal with like car crashes and burning buildings. So most of the time, it falls to the police, and we're being at, we're asking police officers to solve problems that aren't really within their training. So. <laughs> can't really fault the police for getting the response wrong when it's something that they weren't trained how to handle. I, so I, I the idea behind defunding the police is not take money away from the police because police have done bad things. It's we've been asking police to do things that are outside their scope. Let's take some of that money that is, was going to the police and put it toward programs that are more purpose built to tackle a specific problem. Exactly. And that's why I say the marketing is shit because if you were to market it differently, then people would understand what the mission is. Yeah,
0: exactly. But that, and I think, but I also think, yeah, they would understand it better, but they also would, I mean, it sounds like you're just d- deleting that money. It's no longer being spent. You're not talking about reallocation. You're not talking about the reasons. People are making their own assumptions on the reason. Yeah. It, right. It, Which is what,
1: again, marketing
0: yeah, your, vo- your voice just faded out completely.
1: But marketing, again, marketing. Exactly. But the marketing, I think, is everything. I think, you know,
0: you market yourself when you, when you get dressed and walk out of the door. And every word that comes out of your mouth is marketing yourself to some degree. I, I just think that's really, I don't know, I, I, really short sighted with what's going on right now. Well,
1: but again, if we called it, instead of calling it defund the police, if you called it something else, that actually reflected what people were trying to do. Exactly,
0: but but the thing is, when you when you try to make societal changes and you push people away so badly, you're not you're not really going to get anywhere. You're you're creating an uphill battle for yourself.
1: Well, and that's where there's a problem with the protesters who are rightly incensed by what happened with George Floyd and the general plight of minorities and their relationship to police in this country. They they have a legitimate point that they are not treated the same as, as white people. So you've got, but the problem is when you try and create this adversarial thing, then the other side will naturally want to dig in and take a defensive position. But that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Right. So you have to, you have to solve for that somehow. And you need to have a more open conversation where the people who are aggrieved by policing, rightly so, need to recognize that basically just over the top trench warfare, we're charging with our bayonets out and the artillery from behind us blasting is only going to result in the other side digging in on their trenches and putting up barbed wire.
0: But <laughs> that's exactly what's happened. That's exactly what's happened. I not so much in New York, but I imagine the greater U.S. and probably a lot, a lot more so where you are, that you're getting a lot more pushback. People in New York are a lot more cohesive about it, but you still have these wild people that are just so irritated by the message and, you know, they're not, they're not seeing things from a different perspective. Uh, I mean, New York is is a lot different where where we are here than a lot of the greater country. And I tell people here very often that the United States isn't California and New York. It's places like Kansas and Wisconsin, South Dakota, and West Virginia, Tennessee. You know, people down there are not responding the the same way or they're having polarized responses.
1: You yeah. well, you'll see polarized responses wherever you go um but I think your point about like Los Angeles and New York as representative of the United states is is well taken where New York and l a while they're large and they have an outsized on culture, are very much the outliers for united states culture
0: but but they have a big influence and and you know the u s is not right. you know. When you, if you're traveling throughout the world and you say you're from the U.S., people assume you're from where—New York, Miami, California, Texas. Or you, yeah, and maybe Texas. And now, based off their response, that's how they're going to perceive the United States as a whole, and that's going to be their their prejudice against you.
1: When yeah, you, and I guess. When, like, when I've traveled abroad and people ask where you're from or whatever, and I say New York, they're just like, well, I, 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 my experience doesn't really matter because I fit into the stereotype.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But imagine somebody thinks you're from Texas and you're traveling through Spain. Yeah. You know, what's what's coming to mind?
1: Well, when I was traveling through Spain, a lot of people thought I was either German or British.
0: Yeah, I could see that. You could could fit in for either one. I I stand out as a little more American, I think, probably because I got about sixty-five pounds on you.
1: Yeah, I was skinnier then too. (laughs) Then
2: again, people that travel the most is basically people from Cali or people from New York, Florida, Texas. People from the Midwest tend not to travel. That's one of the reasons why I think people in the Midwest are or tend to be more close-minded than people on the uh, East Coast or. And by that, I mean New York and Cali. Uh, here in in the city, we have the uh, financial capital of the world. So people tend to travel a lot, tend to go abroad, and they represent basically the states. People from Cali tend to travel a lot to China, tend to travel a lot to Europe. So actually, you know, either uh, trade or obtain products from China or, or sell their products in Europe. and well people actually perceive the states, they go like, oh, that's how the, the United States is, just because there's people from Cali or people from New York that are traveling there and that they're showing you that oh, I'm wearing this expensive suit or oh, that I have this amount of knowledge or oh, this amount of technology. And they think that the, the state is like that all across the board because, and then again, that's what I'm saying, because when I came to the states, that, that was my idea of the United States. I thought that the States was like the super mega power that everybody had like the greatest education possible, that everybody uh, just wanted to eat the world. And that was because I met people from New York before I came to uh, to the States. And then you travel
0: the states and you see that You said one thing that just, just, I think if I had kids right now and they were in public school system, And this coronavirus shit was going on, I think I would, I would take on the burden of homeschooling, which I I really, you know, generally believe homeschooling to be a terrible idea, but I don't think any kids are learning right now. I just, I don't, I don't think that's, that's happening. They're saying kids are going to go back to school for like one or two days a week, something like that. And then
1: do the, like two days a week in school and three days virtual?
0: Yeah. Do you know how slow it is going to be for the school system to just turn around and, and do all this
1: online teaching? You know, virtual I, learning sucks, dude. Virtual learning, I know. I watch
0: people take all different types of people take the real estate course online. And, you know, I just I, I hear about what they're up against and how they're handling the class and how much they're learning and how many times they fail the state exam. You know, and taking taking this uh, this online class is not great in the real estate. Exam is not is not complicated stuff, whereas you know trigonometry or or God calculus is not something I think I can learn by just reading about it. What, you know without some type of natural gift or talent.
1: It's a really interesting debate because first of all, I completely agree about virtual learning. I was taking a class in the spring at college of Charleston. And the first half of the class was before it and I was doing great in the class. And then as soon after spring break, the the college shut down all in-person classes and everything went virtual. And as soon as that happened, my interest in the class and my participation or whatever just plummeted because I can't focus as much online, but it's, it's one where people, parents legitimately want to get the kids out of the house and parents a lot of parents who work or whatever they have to figure out how am i going to make arrangements to take care of these kids long term if i'm not going to be able to have them out of the house on a regular basis until who knows january but at the same time like schools are an ideal ground to breed more coronavirus what think of a more perfect environment I agree, and I think
0: that's gonna. I think that's gonna really, depending on how kids go back to school, I think it's gonna have a really big impact on the spread of coronavirus. But and
1: additionally, that, even if the kids are fine for it, kids come in tact with adults that could end up being much more susceptible. Either the adults that are working in schools that are gonna have all sorts of different pre-existing health and conditions, or just the kids' parents, and then the kids' parents interact with other parents.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's
1: or at their job or wherever.
0: I heard this morning that there's no confirmed instances of a student passing it to a
1: teacher, but I think Um, that's because we shut down schools before it could really take off. We have the the sample size is too low. You can't make that assertion.
0: It's not. It's not mine.
1: I'm just repeating what I heard. And again, I know. And I'm, I'm I'm responding to the allegation you heard.
0: Sure. People are manipulating these statistics to say to use that and to say going back to school is safe. Which is an uncompre- un- uncomprehensive un- un- response. Yeah.
1: Incomprehensible.
0: Yeah, but but people just people are making decisions based off of bullshit,
1: and these are powerful Well, I saw I saw a poll, and this is not made up. Only eight percent of Americans think that it's wise to send kids back to school in the fall with no restrictions whatsoever. Ninety-two well, percent of the public believes that kids should be sent back to school with either some restrictions or not sent back at all.
2: But you, you also have to understand that they're kids. And remember when I was a kid, I was just to play with those things. We had, uh, what was this, uh, the chicken pox in Ecuador. And if you had it, you used to be like, oh, I, I was eight years old. And I was like, I'm going to rub on you. Or I'm going to, uh, like, you know, I was a kid. I was like super crazy about it. I was like, oh. I'm sick. Well, you're going to be sick as well. So what makes me think that these kids are eight, nine years old are going to be like, oh, well, if I have COVID, let me just take off my mask and <laughs> on you, you know? Have-
1: I, I can totally see that happening. Yeah,
2: of course.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, it's, that's what kids do. But, they, you know, they, I don't know so much in our generation, but I, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I heard about people having chicken pox parties. Because you don't want to get chickenpox when you're older, and this is pre-vax. Is there a chi- there's a chickenpox
1: vaccine? Right? There, there's been a vaccine for quite some time now, but there were parents that there was either parents that wanted to get their kids sick. You're right about this, either before or after the the chickenpox uh, vaccine came out. Well, but there would be p- parents that were anti-vax that well, would still hold like chickenpox parties. If one of the kids got sick, they'd want to get all the kids sick so they'd be done with it. Well, um, had, it's a bad idea all around.
0: I had some thoughts about the anti-vax population recently, because I, you know, I just think, oh, yeah, it's kind of dumb.
1: Because you got,
0: you know, forty million people that that get the vaccine, and you have like nine that don't. And the, you know, maybe one of the people that gets a vaccine ends up with Down syndrome or something. But I think that's, I don't.
1: No, that doesn't even happen. They're completely safe.
0: But my point is, it's not a causality. People are trying to say, people are trying to imply that there is a causality there. And, and there's uh, clearly not, but I'm thinking if you have a classroom full of uh twenty two students and all of them have been vaccinated for uh let's say smallpox, and one hasn't, and they're saying you know we don't want our twenty one kids in the classroom with your kid who hasn't what's the rationale there
1: The rationale is. That not everybody can get vaccinated. So there, there are some people that, because of other health conditions, can't take the vaccine. That well, the vaccine think, legitimately would cause problems for them. But and so,
0: standing on either side of the argument that I just proposed. because I yeah, I, mean, I think kids should be vaccinated. I think kids you know don't have the brain power or the education to make their own decisions. So it's really up to the parents. But I don't. What I'm saying is, I don't think. That one out of 22 students who's not getting vaccinated poses a greater threat to the 21 other students. And now, I'm, now, if, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would say I'm anti anti vaccine But now I just thought about. it. I said, where's the danger quotient there? Where's the where's that unvaccinated kid causing danger to the
2: vaccinated kids? Exactly. But the thing is, for example, there's people that I'm tapping have, out for a sec
1: for getting uh, a.
2: Uh, that they have either compromised immune systems or that the vaccine is not good for them, or they cannot have that vaccine. So they don't get
0: it, so they don't get it. So that one student that one student doesn't get it, and they have, and they've rationalized not getting it, and they don't have it, they didn't get the vaccine, but how is that unvaccinated person causing harm to the
2: people that are vaccinated? Not to the people that are vaccinated, that's what I'm saying. For example, the people that are vaccinated, they, they they create this thing called her immunity, which oh, no. so is. You having you vaccinated. Vaccinated. Will no longer, yeah, will no longer you know, be effective. Uh, and the reason why her immunity is very important is so people that actually cannot be vaccinated could be protected as well. So let's say that there's this kid that is not vaccinated, not, not because of, well, one, you know compromised immune system, but just because their parents believe that vaccines are evil and they cause uh, downstream or whatever. And there's another kid on a different uh, classroom that goes like, I cannot get vaccinated because this vaccine will literally cause me more damage than uh, a benefit. So that kid becomes a problem for the kid that is not vaccinated. That's the reason why it's very important. Uh, uh, for-
0: okay. Yeah. Fair so James, this is what Andres just said. Obviously, you missed it. Yeah. Um, recap. Is that you have one kid that chooses not to get vaccinated because it's his parents' choice, and then you have another kid. So this is out of the classroom of 22, and you have 20 kids that get vaccinated. One doesn't get vaccinated because his parents are are wacko hippies. And then you have one kid who can't get vaccinated because of whatever disorder. What, what Andres is saying is now that one person who can't get vaccinated is now at a higher risk because somebody could get vaccinated wouldn't. That Andres is right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes sense. I did not realize that there were that there was a population of people that had adverse effects to. Vaccine.
1: yeah well, that. if you have some kind of like an autoimmune immune disorder or whatever or some other kind of genetic abnormality that makes it so that taking having the vaccine would put you at a lot of risk and you yeah. can't get vaccinated whatsoever having everybody else vaccinated protects you
2: that exactly. creates her immunity. So that that's the reason why it's very important for kids to get vaccinated for the chickenpox. So, for example, if there's a guy, a, a kid that cannot get vaccinated because the vaccine will actually kill him or put him in danger, the herd immunity will protect him from getting the uh, chickenpox. Yeah.
1: yeah, Andres is exactly right. Mm-hmm.
2: Every time I
0: hear the phrase herd immunity, I just think of like too many cows in one place, like all stepping on.
1: Here, here's a, here's a better way to think about it. We're is very- imagine you're trying, imagine, Imagine you want, to, you want to cross a river and there's a whole bunch of little stones that you can use to jump across the river. So if you're a virus and you want to get from one side of the river to the other, so her, um, every time that you, vaccine, that you vaccinate somebody, you're removing one stone from the river. So it means that it's a larger and larger jump to get to the next place that you can actually infect somebody. So it's not saying it's impossible. The less people that you have as targets, the harder it is for you to encounter each individual person.
0: I understand that I understand the math and I understand the the analogy. Uh, it, I don't know I just i don't know I've never been a parent in the in a situation to not want my kid to be vaccinated, but i'd like I'd want you know if I had some kids, I would want them to have all the all the the positives, you know like I have some new shoes, the new HPV vaccine, you know, the uh, rabies one, I think they have the whole nine.
2: Yeah, for example, with the HPV vaccine, for example, my mom is anti, she's a very religious human being. And the reason why my sister didn't get the HPV vaccine was because my mom used to, used to think that, or they told her in church, that if you vaccinate your kid against HPV, she'll be able to have sex left and right without, with no consequences. And that's not what God wants. And my mom used to think that, you know, my mom used to be like, oh, well, if I vaccine my daughter at the age of 10 or 11, there's a period for you where you can vaccinate them. Uh, not sure about that. I think it was six, seven or nine and 11.
1: Well, it doesn't uh, really matter for the purpose of this discussion.
2: Okay. And uh, then my sister didn't got vaccinated. Now she's at a higher risk of getting cervical cancer. When this could be avoided, when this could be prevented, with one, thing, well, actually two shots.
1: Well, she, didn't, yeah, she did
2: not get vaccinated, so now she's she at a higher rate. Yes, she did not well, get vaccinated, yes, did
1: not even it wasn't even her choice. It was her mother's choice. Exactly,
2: exactly. You know, and that's the thing. If people keep believing on, you know, pastors and God figures or whatever, and they tell you that uh, if you vaccinate your kids, your kid's going to become sex longer and he's just going to go and keep having sex left and right with no consequences, then as a, as, a, as a father or as a parent, you have that idea in your head that, oh no, I, I cannot vaccinate my kid because I'm protecting well, her. Well,
0: as, you know, as a parent, that sounds kind of bad, but as an individual, it doesn't sound that
1: bad. Well, yeah, but again, both it, it's, it's a still a lie.
0: lie. Sure, exactly. You're entirely, you're entirely correct. It's a lie. And that's... Yeah, you know, the issue that we have with, with different religions and, you know, the Catholic Church said it wasn't – they didn't allow condoms for a long time. They still don't? They
2: still no, don't. Obviously. No, yeah, no. No, no, do, They do, they do. They do. Yeah, they they do. They, they do on, uh, yeah you can
1: – When did that change? Uh, 2017.
2: He actually had a one-on-one. He actually was like, listen, religion shouldn't be involved into this. this religious. Everyone
1: is accepted in church. So you said 2017. 2017, yeah. Alright, well, so it's pretty recent. We, <laughs> In the history of the Catholic Church.
2: We've had three years
0: of, of declining uh, Catholic growth. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, I mean, you know what? I mean, Let's put two and two together here. Uh, exactly. <laughs> started so, making it work, The Catholics wear condoms and they're like, alright, I'm out.
0: Well, obviously, if you're trying to propagate more, more Catholics, you want to be anti-condom and anti gay th- well, think it's a
1: pretty good strategy.
0: I think it's a great strategy especially if, if you say that Jesus was against it. Uh, yeah. Although as far as I think the Bible's concerned Jesus was celibate, so probably didn't get the uh HPV vaccine. Just, exactly.
1: it, yeah, it, but it, as far as the Bible's concerned Jesus never wore a condom. Well, it,
0: so that's why he had to be celibate. He had to be a careful guy. We I and mean, we we just pissed off uh you yeah, know 50%. Well, yeah. We literally
1: lost a bunch of people right now. <laughs> I don't know. We got we got fifty percent to go.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a slippery slope. So, uh, James, what's going on down there in uh, the CHS?
1: Uh, I honestly have no idea. I've been my over the weekend. I opened do that 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 pro game that I was telling you about. It was a complete disaster. So, three o'clock kickoff. I show up at one thirty because that's what we're supposed to do as referees to do all the check-in and and pregame stuff. Game's supposed to kick at three o'clock. We got lightning and all sorts of crap. We don't kick off until about 4.30, 4.45. We make it through the first half. Everything's fine. In the last three minutes of the half, my fourth official comes over the radio and says, hey, uh, trainer's saying that there's lightning in the area. Like we And I said, we are making it to halftime. I don't care what they have to say. Tell them to go sit down. We're making it to halftime. We make it to halftime, and sure enough, the, like, as soon as I blow my whistle, they said, yeah, you're back in a lightning delay. Everyone go back to their locker rooms. Sit there for another two and a half, three hours Holy with shit. lightning around the area. But like, So the way that this works is that we've got apps or lightning detectors that'll tell you how close the nearest strike was. And if a strike is within X number of miles, um, in this particular case, it was a strike has to be farther than 10 miles away. So are you measuring so, by sound or are you measuring by app? 'Cause you know every So we can we can put in our they they had an app so the app will record will have we'll get the data for where the lightning strikes are and we can put our exact location in there. And it has to be strikes have to have been at least ten miles away for thirty minutes before we can resume. So we ended up playing a single half, it was tied one to one and then it's now eight fifteen, eight thirty at night, and we're just like, All right, fine, we're done. Look,
0: but, I want to I tell you something about email signatures.
1: I, I don't see the, I the to forward an email connection. Uh,
0: I, I'm going to tie this together. for I had to forward an email today. Today, And the email, so when I forwarded it, 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 I delete the original sender. It was sent to me to be forwarded. So I sent it as my own email. So I tune it up a little bit. I changed the language. The email signature was best regards which I've never heard someone say in the real world. Best regards is not like, oh, hey, you know, thanks for, you know, I, I had a fun time on this date, best regards. Like that's not a thing people say. So I don't
1: know, if you were to say that on a date, it would definitely like stick in that person's memory.
0: But the point is best regards to me is not, it's not a positive thing. It's not a real thing. It's an email signature thing that you saw in somebody else's email signature. It was probably a doofus, but it, set, it looked inside a professional. Okay. So I go like leave. It. And I said, Thank you. I hope you have a terrific rest of your day. Fair
1: enough. Yeah, fair enough.
0: I, I would say you a terrific day. Yeah. Embrace those blinds, are good? So here's where I'm going. I have heard people say, over the last two months, be safe. More times than I can count on every opinion. Yeah, I say it. I don't like it. Why not? Be safe to me is just like, hey, don't take any risks. Walk out of your house to go to the mailbox only if you have to and make sure you wear in a bubble suit.
1: No, be safe is just a different way of saying don't be stupid.
0: Well, no, 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 I don't think it is.
1: Because that's the way I read mean it. That's the
0: way you read it. That's the way I would hope to hear it. And if I said be safe, I, I would mean wear a condom. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mean like don't go within six feet of other people, wear a mask, and you should probably have some latex gloves on. Now, 2020, July.
1: But are latex gloves just the condom of the hand? Yes but you can't get an STD
0: by finger-touching somebody.
1: I don't know. So that's what I'm
0: saying, though. What I'm saying is that... You might be able
1: to. I, I, I feel like we need to test this theory. You have Trojans.
0: You get a lambskin. That's not latex. Um, but I don't like to be safe. I think that's bullshit. I really think that's, that's a total bullshit. I, people telling people to be safe is just like, hey... Stay secluded longer if you can.
1: Well, be so maybe smart. we should just tell it to ugly people.
0: Be smart is, is definitely a better phrase. And, and, and I like don't be stupid.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, if I were to tell a client don't be stupid, yeah. they, they, they wouldn't take that the right way. Yeah. But I, if I say, hey, stay safe out there. That's the same thing as saying, don't be stupid, but it comes off a lot nicer.
0: I'll give you another one. If you work in retail, you know this phrase, have a good one. Let me ask you a said it all the time. When was the last time? Yeah, I'm sure you do. When was the last time you talked to a, a friend or a relative and you said, have a good one?
1: I don't know. I've probably said it before. Well, I don't think so. Think about it. Really think about it. I
0: don't think you have. I don't think you have a good one. Is, it, is something that's that you use in a personal it's just you don't just like when you're when you're like you
1: know you go to your family's house and you're like hey
0: I had a really nice weekend thank you for having us best
1: Isn't all right that- yeah you know here's the thing though you have to you have to separate the personal and professional here because the thing is there's well, a, a lot of things level, that you say in a professional
0: on a professional level I'm not talking to our highest end clients and being like thank you for visiting our office cheers best.
1: Okay. first of all i best say regards. cheers best regards when, when, when i close my conversations with my clients i very often say cheers so uh, if, uh, yeah
0: that's fine if you really mean cheers but if you mean cheers it's tuesday at 11 a.m cheers
1: no that's 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 just my sign off on the phone is cheers like I said, I picked that up from bartending, and I just haven't let it go. And like this is—well, you picked it up bartending,
0: so it's 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 rooted. It's rooted in the actual cheers.
1: Yeah, but when I, like now I've got like a client that runs a pharmaceutical business that makes like this dude probably makes about a million bucks a year, and that's split across like that's just his take. This is a drug
0: dealer. Huh? This is a drug dealer. Oh shit! Sorry, I forgot we're live.
1: <laughs> pharmaceutical advising dude's super smart um i like him a lot but yeah when i like if i have to talk to him on the phone or whatever like when we ended up i'm just like all right yeah man cheers if
0: i was a drug dealer my tax returns would read pharmaceutical Pfizer.
1: <laughs> oh yeah they pharmaceutical sales of course but <laughs> yeah but my whole my whole point here is i'm when was the last time you went to a chick-fil-a uh
2: for- of last, uh, last
1: week. Okay. Wait,
2: did you guys actually have Chick-fil-A last week? Yeah, I did. So, right. Jake, we
0: have we got a couple of Chick-fil-A's here in New York. You would be surprised.
1: Yeah. No, I actually... I, that's the reason why I brought it up, is I know that there's Chick-fil-A's in New York. Yeah. So, the yeah. question that I have for you is oh, after you closed your transaction, after you placed your order, what did the cashier say to you? Oh, God. Have, have a... Have a Sure be no, good. I don't know.
0: But my point is, why is that tied? No, no, no. This why is important. The cashier at Chipotle have to be any different than anyone else? Have a wonderful day. Have a nice day. Have a great yeah,
1: day. but that's not what they say. Thank you. What do they say? They say, when when you say thank you, like you put in your order, I'll have whatever chicken sandwich and some fries and the coke or whatever. Yeah. And they say, all right, that'll be nine seventy five, and you give it to them. You say, all right, thank you, and they say, it was my pleasure.
0: It was my pleasure.
1: That's what they say. That's what they're trained to say. I
0: want to give a quick shout-out to Dan Morgan. Dan, what's up, man? It's been a long time. Uh, I just want to say hi. I see you watching Street Pharmaceutical. mean do you mean, Bud or you mean but? Boy. Um, Andres is really struggling over there with his backlight. I don't know why he wants to look like a silhouette over there. Uh um, yeah. dark. But if you Yeah, were,
1: but Andres, you look better in the dark.
0: If you work at McDonald's – and and you're telling somebody after they after you, after you you know give them their 39 cents change, on a Big Mac. It was my pleasure. Did that come from the heart?
1: No, but I'm telling you at Chick Fil A, that's what is trained in them. I believe. And if you go to a Chick Fil A in the South, you will hear that. If you just like after you order your food at a Chick Fil A in the South, just stand near the counter. And listen to the interactions between the customers that come after you. And see what the cashiers say. You will hear that every single time at the end of the transaction.
0: I I fully believe you. And I worked for a company before doing real estate that had these crazy corporate policies. And I was told that you can't say, shoot me an email because using the word shoot could scare people. (laughs) <laughs> i've got a story about that real quick go for it because because that's the end of my story that's a true fucking story and that's fucking what.
1: when i was in college i was studying abroad in spain and i had two weeks of first spring break the second half of the spring break my family is coming to visit me in spain so that was written off but the first half was mine so i traveled to, Tupole, to amsterdam and i went to england when i landed in london I didn't really have any plans. I didn't have any idea what I was going to do. I was just like, screw it. I'm in London. I'm just going to see whatever's interesting to me. So I land, I have to go through customs, show them my passport. And the, uh, the passport agent was this like, I don't know, super like military British dude. And he says, so what are your plans here in London? I said, I don't know, man, I'm just going to be killing some time. He's like, what did he say? He's like, what, what are you gonna be doing? I'm just killing some time in London, man. I got three days that I gotta burn, and you 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 might want to rethink the way that you phrase that. Me, dude, like, but he's like, you you don't want to say it that way.
0: you the thing is, he needs to understand that you were the general population, right? Like, you're you're the normal person getting off a plane. He's got to be able to – he's got to be it's, – it's his job is the judgment of your answer. Like, he's the guy that assesses whether you're genuine or you're not genuine or you're joking or you're just saying a statement and you don't mean
1: you're going to be fucking killing people. That would have been a much more interesting trip to London, but <sighs> –
2: Oh, speaking of traveling, do you know that uh, United is it? Yeah, United. It's literally putting, putting you on the blacklist or on the no-flying list uh, if you don't wear your mask. They will literally tell you, you have to wear your mask through the flight. Once you get to the airport, once you get to our lounge, and once yeah. you get the airplane.
1: United's mask- not the only one. American Airlines is doing the same. Uh, I you, you take
2: your mask, Are uh, you or it? if you decide not to actually follow that procedure put you in the no flying list, and that goes across all of the airlines. Don't worry about it. I got you. Here's a trick. So,
0: the mask rule is, obviously, if you're around old people, you're around people that you don't spread it to, or you're just around people, you should always have a mask. We discussed this uh, last Thursday, last Tuesday, but you don't have to wear a mask if you're smoking a cigarette, if you're eating, or if you're drinking. And so I hack this, and I don't typically come into people. I, you come come in contact with people, and when I do, I a mask because I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. I also don't want to scare other people. But if you always have a drink in your hand,
1: you're, you're immune from this requirement. Just saying. Yeah, there's some holes in that argument. How am I going to have drink with a mask on? Huh? I said there's holes in that argument and those holes exist mostly in the liver.
0: Well, I had coffee this morning, assholes. I had coffee this morning, and I did this. Drink my coffee. How the fuck am I supposed to drink coffee with a mask
2: on?
1: Straw. And up
2: in a hole in the uh
1: <laughs> the mask. Straw goes underneath the mask.
0: Uh, i'm just going wild lately because everybody is so super critical of everybody else nobody nobody's understanding everybody's easily offended everybody who's offended has 1500 people behind their back justifying why whatever you said should be offensive and uh I just want to go and hang on a beach for like a fucking decade, and see what fucking society looks like after that, and see if I want to rejoin.
1: Um, you should just rewatch the movie Castaway then. I watched that recently, actually, which is wild.
0: Uh, that a great crazy. movie, and it's not a movie that you're gonna watch on a regular basis. Like, there's a lot of movies I like. No, basis. it's a great movie. It's a great movie, but it's not something that you watch on a regular basis. No. Uh, I don't know. I'm ready to buy some land in the middle of nowhere, except I don't have a job. I'm not making any money. So, so this is fucking wild. Um, but uh,
1: but yeah, you no, know, I've got a story I'll, to tell you. All right, it's a short one. But oh, when yeah. you say when you say on, buying land in the middle of nowhere, hold up,
0: hold up, pour another drink or not
1: pour another drink. Yes. Or another drink, of course. What do you think? This is sip talk.
0: I'm dried right here. <laughs> you won't then come and grab out. Oh, Andres, jump in and grab out of the refrigerator. Be back.
1: Justin, you'll like this story. <laughs> all right, all right. So, my has, firm had a client hold on, hold on, hold on. that was sitting on a decent amount of money and a on, decent amount of land.
0: I want to hear the story. Andres just burst in the room, grabbed a, grabbed a buttery, a bud mark.
1: All right. So, so, sorry. so one of the clients in my firm had a decent amount of money that he wanted to find a way of just kind of investing and in, in making more money out of. And Can you give me a he actually had
0: figures, I'm guessing. Right. But
1: yeah. Um, but he also had a decent amount of land relatively close to a city. And so the he was able to have? find it uh, somewhere in Florida. I, I can't go into too much detail because I can't disclose my firm's clients. Yeah. Confidentiality
0: client. Yeah. I get.
1: Yeah, but anyways, he has a decent amount of land relatively close to a city in Florida, and he's able to secure a deal with the developer to turn that land into like a kind of an outdoor mall kind of a thing, right?
0: Okay.
1: And so he wants to develop this land into an outdoor mall, and he's going to do well for it, and the, the city says, well, that land is owned Purely for farming, so you like the the contract that you have. Like the zoning laws aren't going to allow for it. Okay. So he fights them for a little bit, and this city is not going to budge. He can't do anything. He can't develop this land into this outdoor mall that he wants. Okay. But the city has said very firmly, it's for agricultural purposes only. So he decides, you know what? Kind of as a middle finger to the city. All right, fine. If it's agricultural, then that's what I'm going to do. So he finds somebody that he knows in like either Africa or the Middle East or whatever, and he buys a shitload of goats. So he turns this 20 acres or whatever that he has into a goat farm. So he just loads the entire thing up with goats. And he lets this go, go on for a year or two. And I don't know anything about the goat market or the goat meat market or whatever. But apparently goats breed pretty well. And he's got these goats just going gangbusters or whatever. And he's making tons of money selling goats. And at the same time, goats are an annoying animal. So he's got these goats kind of on the outskirts of the city. This giant goat farm that's just kind of an annoyance to people that are anywhere near there. Did you Making gangbusters selling goats. Did you
0: ever hear the story where... It was George's, like, 20th or 21st birthday. It was, like, his second year in the U.S., and he's Arabic. He's from Lebanon. And these guys, so there was a, you know, when you're in community college, you're 18, 19 years old, like, it's before you go to regular college. And you're fresh out of high school. So where we grew up, high schools are pretty tight-knit. The community colleges, you have four to six to 10 tops, high schools that are basically populating these community colleges. So you still have the same cliques, except the cliques get a little different. You have these high school cliques in the community college. So George is friends with me, and then he had this other friend that had a whole other group of friends, which was like the 16 people that went to community college right out of high school, whereas the rest went to wherever they went. And they invited him over for his birthday. They threw a big birthday party. So I show up to an opposing high school. I show up to a birthday party at their school. So I'm already very much an outsider because I went to an opposition high school. Sporting teams, football, basketball, soccer, wrestling. Obviously the opposition. But uh, I I, decent at making friends. And uh, I'm all right. But George, there's no way working around the fact that his English... Doesn't make sense in English. And he's, uh, he's very Arabic. Do you know what they got him for his birthday? They got him a goat. I
1: would have to guess a goat. I got him a goat.
0: And I don't know if my memory is spot on in
1: this, but I think they got him two goats.
0: I think they got him two goats.
1: Irrelevant. to the way they the could make three.
0: Irrelevant to the story. Either way, you've been gifted a goat.
1: Yeah. So, but anyway, so this dude starts yeah, his goat farm on the outskirts of this Florida city. Listen, they had- and it becomes this huge nuisance or whatever. And finally, the city the sick of having this goat farm that's creating all sorts of smells and noise or whatever. And they finally relent and allow him to develop this land. And when he's able to execute the contract with the, the development company to turn this into an outdoor mall or whatever, he's like, you know what? Like, I am better as a goat farmer.
0: Oh for real? Yeah.
1: And and like we looked at his tax return one year and he had just a ton of money. And we're like, dude, what do? You do? He's like, I never expected to be in this position, but like the goat farmer's not too bad.
0: <laughs> that, but I mean that's that's pretty cool in my
1: opinion. Um, yeah, like- this this dude's cool all around. Like he's got a hilarious outlook on life.
0: But for this birthday party, we were left with a fucking
1: goat. Well, don't tempt me with a good time.
0: He was gifted a goat. So we had this goat. We tried to put him in a car. Couldn't figure it out. Eventually, the police came and
1: confiscated the goat. Defund the police.
0: Yeah, i, to, <laughs> I say the police should be defunded. That would be a really great, we could have had a really nice meal. Big family meal. What did the police do with the goat? What's that? What did the police do with the goat? Well, I don't know. They probably ate it. or Sold it on Craigslist, which is where they bought it from. I don't know. Is there any regulated every, every goddamn other thing in the fucking life is regulated. Are goat sales regulated?
1: I'm sure they are. Uh, in New York City, the application to consider a goat sale is probably regulated.
0: I'm sure it is. God, you know, I mean you can't do you like the free enterprise the hands off yeah you know, it's not it's not a thing anymore. You can't you know you can't dig a fucking ditch in your backyard
1: without getting the fucking permit. Yeah. That's you funny. know what the corollary to is to that is though? What? Well if you want government assistance, there's all these government assistance programs. So like regulation cuts both ways.
0: Yeah. I just don't think, you know, I think when you have personal property, you want to put a fucking railing up along your staircase. Your fucking kids are going to fall off the staircase.
1: It's going to happen. Well, now we're equivocating on terms. Look,
0: what I'm just saying is there's so much regulation. That now this coronavirus, like over-regulating the people, I think is is fucking wild. Over-regulating the businesses so they can't do business and then expecting them to stay in business. And if anything, you give them a loan with interest so you make money off of them trying to stay in business while they go in debt.
1: You know? uh, the PPP loans are forgivable.
0: If you, if you use it for certain things. Payroll. Payroll. I'm a real estate agency. So how do, I, how do I cover payroll when I have 126 people that are independent contractors? And I have three salaried employees. How does that work?
1: That's a topic for us to talk about. off.
0: Uh, a, that's a great off-camera topic. I agree. But either way, I'm going to fuck pretty bad. And uh, I'm running out of the PPP money. The EIDL is like a fucking joke. So, um, it's it's just frustrating. The government wants us to stay open, but is also trying to profit off of us trying to stay open.
1: Yeah, I'll be back in a minute and a half. All
0: right. Okay. No, he's got to pay. I think we got Matt, we got Matt Abriel, and uh, Vince Rocco watching uh, us. Matt Matt's nineteenth or twentieth birthday was this week.
2: And he didn't invite us. He didn't say anything. He was like, "Hey." Well, wasn't, wasn't
0: wasn't quite our wasn't quite our cup of tea. I think they ah, did. Regardless, no, I think they had a tea party. Matt, oh. if, uh, Matt, if you want to respond to this, um, but yeah, and no, it was mostly uh, non-drinking on account of he was below the legal
2: age to drink. He was actually asking me to invite him to one of my parties, and I was like, "I thought you were about 21, and he's not. Over 21. No, Come on. I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. I already am already in trouble. You're getting Basically trouble. Because I mean that you send me 50% of it, what, 90% of it, true, <laughs> and <the> 10% was <laughs> still me. But, you know, uh, I, I can be seen with 19-year-olds. What about if I give them, like, one shot? Like, have you seen the way that I train? Like, if I give him one shot and I push another one, then I push another one, You're and he passes
0: out. giving alcoholic beverages to people that are underage. That's the law.
2: Exactly. I mean, I can get away with that. I just don't want to take him to the hospital and be like, Christ, what do I do
0: now? Either way, so just- you still shouldn't serve alcoholic beverages to underage
2: people. Yeah, we don't encourage... Uh, Underage drinking. I'm just a different person that comes from a place where you're allowed to drink at the age of 18, hard alcohol, and wine and beer at the age of 16. So thank God for my country. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, nothing good about it. I don't know. Uh, I'm really frustrated
0: lately. Like, you know, I, my, in my mind, the jury was still out on a rail bikes. And I, you know, I, it's frustrating for me because I really believe the rebel bikes to be a greater good. But yeah, cool. I recognize that you have a bunch of assholes and retard[s] fucking dying because they're not riding around with fucking helmets. They're doing reckless, shit. and they also don't know what they're fucking doing on the road. I recognize that, but I don't think it's rebels' fault. You know, if you if you open a square, if you open a fucking playground, and people are diving off the monkey bars face first into the ground breaking their necks like is that your fucking fault
2: yeah that's the thing uh, It's that application it's created for people that are actually smart responsible and that they know what they're doing but it's and not created for everybody like, and you have a lot I of have- doing retarded shit you open a skate park yeah. and you provide uh,
0: skateboards for the people and somebody breaks an arm are you responsible Providing you have a disclosure to begin with. Now you provide skateboards that are electronic to people, and people are still breaking their arms. Are you responsible? James, go ahead. Sorry.
1: So you have to look at it. There's two things to weigh here. The first is assumption of risk, which is what you're talking about, which is whenever you're engaging in activity, there's an risk in it. And if you suffer any negative consequences because of it, well, there was some assumed risk that you took by participating in the activity by itself. But I think the more important question here is Are you providing a service to people that is inherently risky, that you're also not providing them with the tools to be able to mitigate that risk on their own? And the example that I would give to you is this If you operate a gun range, which is, yes, an inherently risky thing to be practicing shooting a firearm, but there's a range of risk with firearms where you can have something from a bolt-action rifle to a semi-automatic pistol to a fully automatic Uzi. And so if you're not trained in terms of how to handle a firearm, then you don't, if I run a gun range and someone comes in and said, it's my first time firing a gun, I'm not going to give them the fully automatic Uzi because the recoil on the Uzi will make it come up and eventually point towards their head. So I'm going to give them the least risky firearm I can come up with, which is probably going to be a bolt action rifle chambered in like a 22.
2: And that's what happened so, in New York. And they gave us the like
1: the city bikes and it worked. Right, but the point is, with, if you if you go with the rebel the rebel bikes, you can say you're giving people who aren't trained in something something that is well outside their bounds of reasonably expected skill to be well, able to handle.
0: I don't think riding a bicycle with an with an electric motor is outside of somebody's reasonably that far outside of somebody's skill set.
1: What's the top speed on a rebel bike? Uh. uh Twenty-four, thirty 30 miles per hour? Less It's less than 30. Yeah. Less than 30, 30 miles. So the
2: fastest that,
1: th- that these ride bikes can go is 30 miles an hour. I think yeah. it's like 28. That's just about 30. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. But 30, I mean, I bicycle faster than 30. And that's fast. So have I. 30 is yeah, moving on a bike. Yeah, but... Uh, uh this shit pisses me off so much but the the point that i'm trying to make is you have to balance assumption of risk versus placing an inherently risky asset in someone who's untrained on handling said asset
2: but then again they they're supposed to be trained because the only the only way that you can get a rable it's with your uh driver's license
1: yeah but a driver's license is not a motorcycle license they're sure. different That's, for a reason. Well, I
2: don't a motorcycle
0: either, so it's just, it's,
1: I don't know.
2: I'm surprised. But what are they the,
1: closer to? Are they closer to driving a car or riding a motorcycle?
2: Riding a motorcycle, of course. Okay.
0: I, I agree. But I, I think, uh, I'm actually surprised there's only
1: two deaths. You, you think it would be higher? Way higher. <laughs> Okay, then then you're really diminishing your own argument here.
0: Well, sure. uh, I don't think that we change the speed limit to to, to ten miles an hour because there's a lot of highway accidents.
1: But that's a stupid idea too. Well, yeah. You know, the speed limit seventy miles
0: an hour, but people are dying. We reduce it to fifty-five, save a lot of lives, but people are still dying. So we reduce it to forty, save a lot of lives, people are still dying. We reduce it to thirty, save a lot of lives, but people are still dying. We reduce it to twenty, you see where we am going. With this? People are still well, dying. The
1: natural conclusion is like don't have highways at all, because then we, nobody well, would die.
0: Exactly. So don't have rebels at all is what we just did, and that's that's what pisses me off. Is that we just brought the speed limit to zero on rebels. Use a fucking electric bike is going to keep people off the fucking subway, keep people from driving their own motorized vehicles, pollution wise, keep people from taking fucking cabs, which I fucking hate people taking cabs. But I want to be able to walk outside and get in the cab or I have to wait for six to pass me. I think it's a good thing.
1: Well, ultimately, everything in life, every choice that you make is going to be a balance. And in this particular case, you have to balance the benefits that you just laid out versus the the risks that both Andres has said about property damage both to the rebel bike bikes and the vandalism and just the negative the externalities of negative scenery of seeing destroyed bikes. In whatever neighborhood, and also the potential personal injuries to both the users of the Revel bikes and possibly either pedestrians or, in a less likely scenario, vehicles that get in collisions with them. And it's an optimization problem. This is something that an economist should solve. Which none of us are.
0: We can talk about that on a later date. I'm going to hit up Acorns. Link is in the description below. Acorns, great app. $1.72 on a soda in the store, a cup of coffee in the store. They round up to $2. And they throw that $0.28 cents in an investment account. Can't go wrong with that. What's the difference between $1.72 and $2? And, and, and what do you care? If you did the math, what do you care about $0.28? Um, guys, I'm going to wrap up. It's getting late. I don't think I need to drink anymore without peeing in my pants. Oh my kidding, Pee in my shorts.
1: That's why I stepped away.
0: We'll catch we'll
1: catch up in a couple
0: of days. Sip talk twenty-four. This has been Sip Talk episode twenty-three. You guys have anything you want to add on the way out?
1: Nah. No, just to piss you off, stay safe everybody.
0: Close <laughs> well, is your eyes nice closed, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, see you later. Bye. Hey, man, this far, I appreciate that. You owe me a like, share, comment, subscription. If there's anything you want to hear about on Sip Talk, whether it's uh, what we're drinking, more of what we're drinking, or uh, you want to hear us ramble about some other topics, please uh, throw that in the comments, and I will make sure that we include that in the next episode. Thanks again for watching.